This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. We've reached the big one, folks. It's episode 20 of season two. Didn't think we'd make it this far, Brandon, especially with everything that's going on. But the big question is, what the heck is going on in the state of Michigan? Yeah, it's it's a really crazy time to be alive, I think, is a, a way to put it. It's So for those that probably, if, they, if you haven't heard what happened last night, there is a new coronavirus order that has been put in by the... Um, the MDDHS or MDHHS sorry I don't know why I had two D's in there but um, they put in an order that's basically going to be um, prohibiting some things especially in the sports world Um, high school sports for three weeks is going to be postponed as of now so football state finals gonna have to be pushed back for three weeks hopefully they can get it back maybe not even happening we have no clue so it's it's just a shame that stuff like that's gonna have to happen Um, basically like Things like gyms are now going to be under um, a lot more restriction lot, yeah. if they're even allowed to be open. Some of it's it seems a little it seems a little circumstantial because of the sizes of different gyms. Obviously, can vary, but it seems like a lot of like individual stuff's going to be now where it's going to be a single time block for a single person for this amount of time. Nobody else in the building, kind of a thing. But things like stadiums, um, arcades like going up bowling alleys ice rinks a lot um, of the pools and that sort of stuff a lot of recreational stuff is gonna be out um Mm -hmm. which kind of sucks especially for just kind of we thought we were kind of getting it back under control a little bit but then kind of cases started to spike so um kind of sucks for people who are fans of sports and high school sports and high school athletes um but you know it's not Life isn't over, I don't think, yet, so we'll have to see after we get out of this lockdown and what's going to happen. Yeah, so. and we're not going to get political on this show. That is something that me and Joe strongly believe that we do not want to do at this show, and we just wanted to inform you out, guys, what is going on after last night. That uh, There are things that are still a little confusing, obviously, because um, some things were... Um, we don't really know what the the fine line is on what's being able to be open and what's able to be not, and obviously that's because... Over the last couple of months, we've been um, um, releasing some some tension on some of the the facilities and stuff. Like obviously, they let gyms be a little bit more open, and now it's kind of there's no real fine line what you can do with those things because, especially even like public transport, because you people need that, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, it's we're still trying to figure that out, and that's really as far as we're going to go from yeah. there. But um, obviously, with the high school sports, that's just a big bummer for them, especially those that are looking forward to winter season like basketball, wrestling, and those sort of sports. And obviously, football is going to get a huge blow now that their season's in jeopardy. And I, I mean, I'm thankful that um, the high school cross-country seasons and um, the soccer seasons were able to get complete. All the other, I'm glad that all the other seasons, it's a shame that football is going to be the one that's probably going to be in a little bit of trouble but um, it's just it's just a sad situation, yeah. and we're wishing nothing but the best, especially for um, all of the, the high school teams that have played so well this year. I know um, Reed City was in line for a regional um, a regional run. Unfortunately, it had to come due to a forfeit because of COVID. And it's sad that teams have to do that. It's just mm-hmm. it's a hard time for everybody, but we will get through this together at some point, guys. Yeah. We just have to do. We just got to do what we're do told what to we do. Gotta do we got to do what we got to do man so yeah. um, enough with the the politics i guess we're go we'll go over to um 
Joe's fact of the day. Let's start off with a bang, start, Joe. Starting off early. Let's go. A little bit of a difference. So, Brandon, um, this one's going to be a little bit more hockey-oriented. So, back in 2011, when the Penguins were in the Winter Classic, if you don't know what the Winter Classic is, it's probably one of the greatest events in all of sports. But, Brandon, on their jersey, they always make kind of special jerseys, kind of alternates. What article of clothing was the Penguin wearing on the jersey? What article of clothing was the Penguin wearing on the jersey? I remember I remember seeing the classic jerseys. They yeah. were all black and they had yellow accent. Yeah. I'm I'm picturing them but I can't that's figure not, out. That's not that's not that one. This one's like a blue uh, and like a baby blue. Wait, what am I thinking of then? I think you're thinking of uh, last time they were in the Winter Classic. Oh, last year. When they played the Flyers. Uh, yeah. That it was, was last year. It was last year. 2011 was a fat minute a while ago. Yeah. So. Well, I guess the, uh, that takes me out of my guess because <laughs> um, a baby blue. I give well, you, it's a winter article of clothing. Winter article of clothing. I'm going to say a generic answer of a hat. Am I right? No, you're not right. No. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it was actually wearing a scarf. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. It was actually a pretty cool design. Yeah. It was probably, it's honestly one of my favorite, other than the uh, Detroit when we had our kind of uh, retro jerseys from when we were okay. in the Winter Classic. Yeah, that's that's probably, cool. The Penguin's probably one of my favorite yeah. uh, Winter but, Classic jerseys of all time. Yeah, that's cool. I, I should probably look more into the, the jersey design. I love the Winter Classic. I think it's a great event, uh, especially giving them a new... Like being out in a different yeah, being outside and stuff like that. That stuff's so cool. cool. So. Even even with that too, like there's been so many like different things. Like I know colleges are starting to adopt that, where I think it's like Boston College plays at Fenway and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I think they should keep that going. But um, going into the meat of our show, we got the NFL Week Ten um is basically almost wrapped up. Obviously, besides the Monday night game, which we'll preview here in a minute, but. Some crazy football games happened this weekend, Joe, and I know you saw a couple of them as did I. Um, let's start off with the, the most positive of them all. Detroit Lions won another football game. It's a good time. Yes! <laughs> Joe's excited. We're excited. Obviously, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but Matt a Prater win is, a win. is godlike. Let me tell you. He need, Matty, what was it, a 62-yard field goal? Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was about cleared 60. It, cleared it by about like 20 feet. That guy's got, he's got like a, just a hammer for a leg. Yeah. His quads I, must be insane. Oh yeah. His, I mean, the dude's pretty, he's muscular, man. But I think the one thing that we were for sure scared about, we start off the, at the half, we were, we were up pretty well, 24, um, I mean, we were, or sorry, 17-3 at halftime and it was we come out. We, we did. Scored. We did what the classic lines do. We kind of. We are not a second half team. Yeah, I mean, we we end up getting a touchdown right out of the third quarter. We're up twenty one. We're feeling in good shape, and then Washington scores three unanswered touchdowns, ties it up. Now we're in trouble. Prater hits a thirty or thirty seven yarder. Prater steps up. Then Hopkins hits a forty one yarder. We're tied up, and thanks to Matt Stafford, we get ourselves through to a fifty nine yard field goal by Matt Prater. At the horn to dude, get that's the chump W. Change, dude, that's just that's just a regular Monday. That's just a regular Sunday for him. That's just, he just regular comes, Sunday. He comes to the he comes to the field ready to do business. That he just does that all the time. It's no big deal. But Alex Smith, he did pretty well, thirty eight to fifty five. I know everyone was hoping that he wouldn't break his leg or have anything happen yeah, that happens each yeah. week. But uh, Alex Smith did pretty well. Uh, he didn't have any uh, throwing touchdowns at all, which was kind of surprising. But other side, Matt Stafford, 24 for 33, 276 and three touchdowns. He played pretty well. Uh, finally, DeAndre Swift getting a couple, Thank a lot more you. a lot more touches. 16 carries for 81 yards. 
Um, that was pretty nice to see. And then Adrian Peterson had 20 yards on four carries, so that was pretty cool. DeAndre Swift had a fantastic game. It's like they're it's, listening to the fans. Finally. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the the Green Bay scenario a couple years ago, the free Aaron Jones thing. Free DeAndre Swift. Look what he did on Sunday. He was dynamic. He was making a lot of plays. He was making guys miss, trucking through guys. The man is a very good overall back, and that is why we a lot of people are seeing why we took him in the second round because of just his dynamic skill set. Obviously, yes, we did see a little bit in that and carry on, but obviously it didn't work out. But carry on still has his role. I mean, he's getting a couple touches, but his pass blocking is really helping out. I think he's kind of learned his role, but DeAndre was great. 81 yards on 16 carries, rushing five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown in the air. Fantastic. I mean, he was he was he was the running back that we've needed to see for a while. And Marvin Jones did great stepping up, kind of Galladay's role. Eight catches, ninety six yards, and a touchdown on ten targets. He was great. Marvin Hall had a nice touchdown catch first quarter. Those were good to see. Um, the other guys were kind of a little bit slower, but they were given the hot hand. Marvin and the Marvins, DeAndre, those guys were getting all the touches because they were making plays. So it's understandable, but. I mean, Washington had, I mean, J.D. McKissick, obviously former Lion, was all over the field. He got targeted 15 times against us. I feel like that was kind of a, a nudge, but I don't know. Maybe but, I'm trying to make a statement there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had he only caught seven of them, which is okay for yeah, us. 43 but, yards, so that's, man, that's not, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, I mean, you give a running back 15 targets, you, you know you're trying to get the ball in his hands, and... Uh, Antonio Gibson had two touchdowns, 3.5 average for 45 yards. Not too shabby, but um, I think not as much as a lot of fantasy people anticipate against Detroit. But still, I mean, it's a great win for the Lions, nonetheless. I mean, yeah, we got outgained in yards, and we got... We almost blew the game, but... Like I always say, an ugly, ugly win is better than a clean loss. Yeah. I'll take the W in the in the column any day, any day of the week. It doesn't even matter how we get it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are seeing this as Patricia lives to see one more week. And I don't, I'm not going to say I'm that. Not hap- I don't like that he's staying one more week, but I'm happy we got the win. Yeah, I think, I don't know, if the season ends out where we lose a lot of the games that we're projected to lose against some of these we're playing the panthers next week so we're probably gonna lose the panthers the texans if we lose those type of games we're gonna probably fall to somewhere by five and eleven four and twelve six and ten maybe we're probably gonna be at least i don't think that's gonna be enough games uh, at least four games out of 500 and i don't think that's gonna be super great for matt patricia which is good to hear for a lot of fans who want him out especially me but yeah uh, it's just going to be tough, especially for... Yeah. The question that I'm really going to have is if Bob Quinn is going to stay. Because that is going to... I think that is going to be a big a big swaying factor in how that goes around. Because obviously, he's been here the longest through... Um, we've had Caldwell, and now we've had Patricia, and Quinn's been there in both or both eras. Are they going to keep one, try one more coach with Quinn, or are they going to get rid of both of them? I think that's going to be a big question that we're going to find out at the end of the season, if not before. But a lot of people are talking about this game, and I know I was watching it on my phone, and I was seeing what the score was, and it was 30-26 to 26 with 20... Six seconds to go. Shut my phone off. Did a little bit of homework. Turn back on. My phone is blown up. <laughs> oh my goodness, DeAndre Hopkins! Look what you've done. But the Cardinals pull out the win on a hail mary catch by Hop. Thankfully, 
I think that's gonna. That's such a big win for that was Arizona. The, that was the picture of uh, the Jordan gloves, right? When they were. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. It was funny. They were saying Jordan's branding, uh, branding department's gonna have a field day with this one. Oh but my goodness! This was... one was incredible. See, I did not think the Cardinals were gonna be able to pull this one out. I think Barrett got it right. Right? Yeah, Barrett was the lone. Barrett was the only job. one to pick that one. Good job yeah, to you, Barrett. Good but job. I mean, Kyler Murray, twenty-two for thirty-two, two forty-five. He played pretty well. I mean, kind of just. Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things. Um, but Josh Allen, he had seven carries. He rushed a lot more than usual, and he went 32 for 49. Uh, two interceptions, though, so that was kind of uncharacteristic. I think that was one of the main reasons why. I mean, you can't have that because the more turnovers you have, usually that means loss for you. So uh, this is one of the greatest games I feel like I've watched so far this year. It was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you you were watching this football game. I know I saw parts of it, and I obviously watched the highlights afterward to see, whoa, what what happened before this? Like, it was a great football game. Defensive turnovers, stops, lots of plays made on the offensive side, a lot of field goals for your kicker guy. I mean, Tyler Bass, Zane um, Gonzalez, they were kicking field goals left and right, especially in the first half. Zane so, Gonzalez got me a good amount of fantasy points. Oh, yeah, I bet you he got it over 15, maybe not over 20. Like, he was balling, it looked like, at times. But I think the big thing going out of this game is, I mean, you you brought up the turnovers absolutely right. Buffalo needs to hold on to the football a little bit more. Uh, it, it's just the thing I can't get across, and I know I've said it multiple times, is they're not going to be a Super Bowl caliber team until they get a power workhorse back. And that's just not... Once they get there... Arizona? What? Or, no, 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 Buffalo. My bad. I mean, Arizona... Kenyon Drake is good. I think he fits the scheme what they want to do. But, I mean, he's obviously not a... He's not a McCaffrey. He's not a Camara. He's not going to be no. one of those guys that's going to blow up for 100 yards in a game. But he's going to fill a role. And, I mean, when you have Kyler Murray running the ball, I mean, 61 yards on 11 carries... That's pretty darn good for a quarterback. And Kenny Drake had 100 yards. Obviously, he did have the fumble. But, I mean, he had a great game for coming back. You have Edmonds there, too, who chopping in. Eight carries, 56 yards. Cardinals' offense looks very good. And I think the consistency is the only thing they're lacking, really. Their defense can obviously improve a little bit to be a legit contender. But they still have a lot of promise in this season, for sure. But Buffalo, I mean, when you're when you're getting... 20 yards, 15 yards, and 38 yards, which were from your quarterback. Yeah, when your quarterback is the lead rusher and your quarterback's Josh Allen, that's not going to be great. I don't understand if your quarterback is like Lamar or someone who is agile right. and known for getting out of the pocket, but Josh Allen's a thrower. He yeah. can sling, He slings it more than he runs. And yeah. it's, it's definitely alarming for them to be able to kind of look at the stat line and be and – each week they look at the stat line and their running backs are underperforming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why they're 7-3 and three right now. I mean, I kind of like what you said. Once they get a power running back and once they get a guy who can, you know, get six yards of carry, like just averaging maybe just moving the sticks all the time, I think that's what's really going to push them over the edge and kind of make them a super elite team and one that's going to be really a, a force in the league. But as long as they just – as long as they have it right now where Josh Allen is going to lead the team in rushing, I don't think that's going to be – I don't know if they're going to make it to a, a conference championship anytime soon. Yeah, I I mean, Al, Josh Allen can run. He's not going to he's not a Kyler and Lamar, you're absolutely right. He's not going to be more a guy. He's a power runner, right? Yeah, he's not going to be a guy runner. you're going to give 15 times in a game and expect him to put up 70, yeah. 50, 70, 50, 70, 100 yards. Yeah. He's not going to be that guy. He's he going to scramble. He guys that scramble, get first downs and get touchdowns. That's what he does. And that's what you want out of a quarterback really is like yeah, I mean, he's kind of like he's kind of like a Roethlisberger but he can run. 
That's something yeah. that really gives to his skill set because yeah. he it's has not, a power arm. He can yeah. throw. He can make great throws. But if you need him to, pocket collapses on a blitz, cover zero, whatever, get outside the pocket, get a first down. That's exactly what yeah. your team needs, it's especially not, in those situa- it's situations. Not gonna, it's not going to be like where they kind of change the offense to fit his running ability. It's more going to be kind of a, like a like a, a scapegoat kind of what they're yeah. going to have. I mean, they've tried. I mean, obviously they've tried drafting. I mean, Devin Singletary he hasn't really worked out. Zach Moss looks promising in spots, but inconsistency still there. So it'll be interesting if they're gonna see if they roll with either of those two going forward, especially next year, or if they want to make a trade in the off season. Maybe try to get somebody. I don't know. Maybe even like Mike Davis, for example. Look how great he's done in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey was out. I mean, he's a big power runner. He can get the job done, and he can catch too. So that'll be interesting. I don't. I think Mike Davis might get an upgrade this year because I think he's really proven himself. So we'll see about that. But moving on into some other game scores really quick. Philadelphia lost to the Giants. Wow. Surprising, um, honestly. Yeah. Green Bay, Jake Lutton, or Jake Gluten now we call him, um, <laughs> almost pulled the upset off Green Bay. But Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers hold him off 24-20. to 20. Uh, The Cleveland Browns win another barn burner. Yeah, just kidding. It was not a barn burner, but it was close, ten to seven over the Houston Texans. Um, Carolina, we just talked about. Yeah, they got doubled by Buccaneers. Big L. But Travis is gonna have a field day with that one. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the Dolphins win a big game against the Chargers. It's a pretty good game. Uh, Raiders also get the the win, thirty seven twelve over the Broncos. And then another game we can talk about really quick. Joe, you got this one right. And I did, I did say on Friday that that was a good pick, and indeed you were right, and I was wrong. Rams beat Seattle 23-16. to How happy are you on that pick? I'm actually pretty happy because, I, you know, my picks haven't been super great. I've been kind of going off the beaten path, and they haven't been. I've barely made over 500 for the past, I think, what is it, three weeks we've been doing this, four yeah, weeks or something week, like that. Though, this but this week, week I popped off, not going to lie. Yeah. I think I went like 8-4 and four or something like that, so... But, I mean, Rams, they played really well. I think they kind of did what I said they were going to do. I mean, Russell Wilson, two interceptions, a little bit uncharacteristic, kind of forced out with Aaron Donald. I don't think they've kind of seen that too much so far this year. But Jared Goff, I should have started him in my fantasy league because he had 302 yards, 27 for 37. He played really well. And their rushing was all right. They had, I think, three guys uh, above 20 yards, which, I mean, isn't super great. But when you really look at it, that's, I mean, close to 100, 110, 120 yards rushing. And, I mean, their their uh, receiving core did pretty well as well. But Seahawks, they just didn't play as well as they usually do. I don't think they just had one of those off off nights, um, which kind of sucks if you're a Seahawks fan. Good for me because I got the pick right. But um, overall, that kind of – I don't know if this is going to really – if it's going to affect kind of what they're going to be able to do for next week and kind of the overall scheme of the season, especially since, I mean, this loss, they weren't expecting it. So it could throw a wrench in it. But I'm excited to see what if they're going to be able to bounce back this week. Yeah, and you made a point on Friday that was absolutely spot on. Jalen Ramsey did a great job on DK Metcalf, and I think that's something that really I totally forgot about that. He really changed. Yeah, really changed Seattle. I mean, DK held the four targets, two catches, 28 yards. That's not something we've seen from DK in the past. I know I've been looking for it in the trade in our fantasy league. <laughs> two touchdowns, 120 yards the week before, but this week I knew there was a little bit of challenge. It started him anyway because I had uh, to tell him. Tyreek Hill on by, but it is what it is. And when we're gonna move on, I mean, I think my team is gonna lose this week, but hey, it's okay. 
We still it's got okay. time, baby. We still got time. But, I mean, Russ just wasn't characteristic. It was just an off night for him. I know, especially after that fumble, I believe it was in the second quarter, they they were kind of they got a field goal. They're kind of stalling out. Then they get the turnover on Jared Goff on the fumble, and then they got perfect field position. And then the very next play, Russ rolling to his right, throws back left into the end zone, trying to find Hollister, gets picked off. It was it was there was the thing that I I understand why Russ is trying to make he's trying to make a play. I mean he's trying to yeah. make the play, and we know that. But those throws usually aren't always those those are one of the more um, those are throws, high air throws yes, than anything exactly. And the thing that really got to me is Russ can run. You, we know Russ can run, and you look at that play. You look at the right side of the field. It's really him and the safety, and he's gonna at least get ten yards, even if he's tackled. And then if he breaks a tackle possibility for end zone so that was just one of those plays that could have turned into a possibility for making the game it could have made the game tied at 17 before halftime change the momentum around but instead the rams get it obviously they punt later but that that saved the touchdown right there and you look at the scoreboard different game and especially like looking at on the statistics this is a crazy statistic that i found this morning and i figured i would share with you the rams when leading at halftime since 2017 in the McVay era, guess what the record is at halftime? When they lead? Yes. I'll give you a hint. There's, 30, wait, how there's 31 games that they've led at halftime since 2017. What's the record? 28-3. and 31-0. and 0. They have never lost a game. I was going to say game. undefeated, but I was just like, I don't know. I feel like there's one. They play. have never lost a game where That's they are insane. leading at halftime. I don't know what the... Like, and I, I think McVay is incredible. Let me just say that he's, he's a young, he's like one. What is he like? Just over thirty years old or mm-hmm. something like that. But oh my word, he's a fantastic coach. He's one he of my favorites. He knows sure. what he's doing. Yeah, he's one of my favorites for sure. I think the, the charisma, the the minds he brings, just the out of the box thinking. I mean, he's brought things there that they've not tried before, especially in the Fisher, the Fisher era for a while. There, getting mm-hmm. guys like Cooper Cup and the Woods involved in the running game is something that a lot of people never thought about. And I mean, Robert Woods is a very efficient weapon that you can put on jet sweeps and get yards out of it. And I mean, he's he's got. I think the running game obviously is a little bit of a concern, especially for I mean, fantasy owners wise, we. Don't know what's going on because really they're riding the hot hand out of their three cam acres Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown and yesterday as far as the red zone concerned that guy was Malcolm Brown he had two touchdowns mm-hmm. but it's just going to be interesting obviously they drafted cam acres for a reason they must see him as the future but I mean Daryl Henderson's also done a pretty good job early in the season I mean you look at it 38 yards for acres on 10 carries Brown gets 33 yards six carries with the two touchdowns Henderson also gets a touchdown seven carries 28 yards that's just something that you're you're wondering what the future's going to be like, and I mean, mm-hmm. I got, feel like if anything they're weird. trying, yeah, I feel like if anything they're trying to feel it out, kind of see what see what's going on because I mean, right now when they you really look at it, they've had about about basically the same amount of carries and they all had the same amount of production, so mm-hmm. it's good because you you don't have to rely on one guy. You have three guys who basically have the same skill set who can do the same things, and you can you can see the production out of them, which is good. But I feel like they're trying to kind of ride it out, see who's actually going to be the guy probably in the next two years, but depending if they can keep them all. Right. But I feel like uh, right now they got a really good situation, especially with the rushing department. So I like where they're at, and I think Sean McVay likes it too. So. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Sean McVay really sees out of these three is they all have different 
they all have different skill sets and they use them for different skill sets because I mean you get look at a guy like Malcolm Brown you can pound it between the tackles Cam Akers brings more speed those things that he uses to advantage in his offense and that's I he doesn't he doesn't care what fantasy people think he's NFL playing coaches chess should right not care what fantasy people think they shouldn't care we should be the ones There's caring about fantasy it so. people bet like 20 bucks or have like a 20 dollar pot and like don't do very good and Sean McVay makes millions of dollars coaching an NFL football team. I feel like that's that's basically the main difference between fantasy owners who think they know what they're talking about. As we're fantasy owners who think we know what we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> that, that is great. But um, the, the last game we'll kind of cover here, uh, Sunday Night Football. Unexpected, to say the least. Shout out to the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick for taking down Baltimore in that Sunday night football showdown in Foxborough. I should have picked the Patriots. I was kind of on the fence a little bit. I I honestly wasn't on the fence. I didn't I mean the way that that offense had been rolling the last couple of weeks and they barely squeak out against the Jets. I I had my concerns and Cam Newton did play he he did play great, but I think the true MVP of that game was by far Damian Jacoby, Harris. Jacoby Myers. And Jac- well, I mean Jacoby Myers <laughs> too. I mean that that yeah, tr- that trick play touchdown was that, pretty sick. That's that stat line of twenty two carries, hundred twenty one yards, that's incredible. I yeah. mean that's something you can carry a team on. Cam Newton did pretty well, thirteen for seventeen, hundred eighteen yards. Uh didn't throw it as much as usual. I feel like they kind of made it so he rushed a little bit more, they kind of spread it out. So I mean, that was really. I feel like that was one of the main reasons why. I mean, when you look at the Ravens of Lamar, he played. He was twenty four thirty four, two forty nine, um, and he had eleven carries for fifty five yards. And I feel like he hasn't lost his skill, his skills of being a runner and passing quarterback. But his production just isn't there from when he was MVP season. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, he's hitting the slump. I think, and I mean, you can see this after you win MVP and stuff. It's always, it's always there's a slump. You got guys who are doubting you. Lamar, I, look at Lamar. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like once he gets going a little bit more, he'll be able to kind of really push them to be a, a good team. I mean, they're six and three, but they could be doing a lot better. They could have a lot of wins that they want, or a lot of losses that they want to get back. But I mean, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram didn't play, didn't have such. I mean, not a lot of good performances. Five for thirteen for five carries for thirteen yards for J.K. Dobbins. Seven. For, carries for 42 yards for Gus Edwards so not as great in the rushing department as they usually do but I mean they played the Patriots solid defense a little bit of a surprise upset uh, that the Patriots had but we're gonna have to see what the Baltimore Ravens do for next week yeah and you look at the Baltimore Ravens and it's just like the scenario we just talked about with the LA Rams you got three running backs all with different skill sets that you put in different scenarios and no I think one of the things that really None of these guys popped off, and I think that's one of the things that we kind of expected, especially mm-hmm. after the season. I mean, Gus Edwards is I, – I mean, no disrespect to Gus Edwards, but Gus Edwards isn't necessarily the guy you're relying on to get 70, 80 yards. Those, those He's are the like t- the last resort, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they use him a lot, especially in the read option with Lamar, and he's, he's a great skill set for that with the way he runs. I mean, then you got um, Mark Ingram, obviously, that can do it all, and then you got Dobbins, who can bring a lot of toughness. And, I mean, Dobbins and Ingram combining for 18 yards, you just need more out of those guys. And mm-hmm. I know um, Ingram, that the thing that really, I mean, the, the fumble on the fourth and the fourth and one on the Wildcat changed, changed the real dynamic of the game for a minute. They had, they had momentum going, just killed it. And I think that's really what's hurt the Ravens a lot this season. I mean, we talk about their losses, 
in a very similar manner. They're doing, they're making a lot of mistakes, turnovers. I mean, the play at the end of the first half when Lamar threw the ball towards the end zone, I don't remember who the receiver was, but got picked off on a shot at the, I mean, they're at the 40-yard. They have an opportunity for a field goal, and he th- makes that throw, and it looked like he even almost double coverage. The safety was coming down. Ends up getting intercepted. That play really it, it solidified the half for New England staying on top, and really that that momentum was used right after halftime. New England scores a TD, goes up 10, and Baltimore then mm-hmm. goes and turns it over on downs. I mean, those type of things are just they're just deflating them to the point where they, once yeah. they start getting going, little, little it's mistake. too late. Yeah, little mistakes that kind of kill the kill the drive and kill where they're going. But both teams, I mean, Willie Sneed, uh, two touchdowns. I feel like both teams, they both uh, had a receiver who kind of kind of not carry the team, but were one of the main reasons why they won. Rex Burkhead for the Patriots, also two touchdowns, uh, four receptions. So it was pretty cool to see uh, uh, that they kind of relied on one on one receiver for both teams. So uh, it's it's definitely a uh, it's definitely an upset. I was not expecting Patriots to win, especially for how no. they've been playing so far and how good Baltimore has been this year. But, I mean, more power to them. I think the Ravens have uh, the Titans next week. So it's going to be another tough, That's tough another go. Tough They're going to have to shut down Derrick Henry. We've seen... What happens when Derrick Henry gets shut down? So I mm-hmm. feel like that's going to be their main goal so far. But I don't know. Who do the Patriots play next week? The um, Texans? So yeah. That one's going to be interesting. It'll too. be interesting. May, maybe a, maybe a, it's going to be a tough win for them by any means because they haven't been playing mm-hmm. as characteristic as they usually yeah. have been. And Texans, I feel like, have kind of started to turn the page a little bit without Bill O'Brien there. A so. little bit, yeah. And, I mean, after this game, Patriots are definitely trending up. They're 4-5. and five. They're not out of it yet. I just remember yeah, this, is, this is three, only week 10. Three-week hot streak could really push yeah. them up to, to one of the top teams in the league. Yeah, you get hot, you win four games in a row. They're 8-5 and five now looking at that glorious seventh playoff spot. But, I mean, when you if they can have a guy like Damian Harris, and this impressed me a lot last night, just the way that Damian Harris – Red holes really well, got to them quick. He did not hesitate at all, which I think is something that, like, I don't want to say, like, you you have, like, a lot of the running backs now. Look at Le'Veon Bell, for example, when he came in the league, especially when he was with the Steelers. He was a guy that really kind of vitalized how you see, you wait you wait for it to develop. You wait. you Because there would be times where he'd be back in the backfield for three seconds before he hit the hole. And then when he hit the hole, boom, he's ghost for 90 yards or yeah. whatever. He's That was just a different way to run when you got Damian Harris running downhill. And, I mean, he's picking up five yards every – when you have a – when, I mean, looking at – let me let me see what his average here really quick. Is. I did the math in my head, but I think – oh, yeah, I was pretty close. I thought it was 5.5 yeah, 5. 5 yards per carry. And when you look at the game, there was runs five yards, six yards, four yards, five yards, nine yards, 12 yards, four yards. When you get those first down carries half the way to the first down already, that makes your offense so much easier. I mean, you don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about second and longs, third and longs, obviously, unless you make a mistake and get a penalty or whatever. But, I mean, that just makes the life for Cam Newton. Because he's not – Cam Newton right now is not a guy that's going to throw for 300. Yeah, because you have a reliable guy who can move the sticks. Or if it's a second and long, you can give it to him and he'll go six yards. And now you're at a – a second and four, or a third and four, third and three option where you can throw if you want, or you can just give it to him again and restart with a fresh count. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a huge, it's a huge thing to have, especially for Cam, who hasn't been super. I mean, he hasn't been Carolina Cam. We can no. definitely say that. No, um, I, I and, don't think they were expecting him to be Carolina no. Cam. But I mean, when you have Damian Harris and you got guys like Rex Burkhead doing those type of things. 
you don't have to worry about running for 300 yards or ru- throwing for 300 yards. I mean, you don't have to worry about running for forever, forever. Because Cam's body is definitely a concern. We no, know that. He's one of the older guys in the league. Yeah, though. Patriots know that. He, How many injuries has he had? And, I mean, he's been banged up this year, too. They've had yeah. to go with Stidham. They're, they knew that coming in. And having the games that keep him away from opposing defenses often, those are good games. And that was a great job by Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels getting the opportunities to keep Cam out of all out of harm's way, mm-hmm. giving Damian Harris opportunities. And Jacoby Myers has been very fantastic. Yeah. So I just wondering if he's gonna be the wide receiver one moving forward. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely cool because you can definitely tell that they're starting to kind of figure out what their niche is and kind of figure out the team dynamic. But tonight's game, Brandon, Vikings and Bears gonna be a definitely a pretty big NFC North uh matchup. Uh, who you got especially since these are two, some of our two big rivals for the Detroit Lions, so who you got, Brandon? Yeah, I I think yeah we cho- we already chose this Friday. I we thought. we did choose this Friday. I've been going back and forth. I'm gonna stick with my upset pick of Minnesota, and the reason is there's so much upward trend for Minnesota. They've looked fantastic offensively the last couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook is running through everybody, and that was one thing that I really made this pick on was that Dalvin Cook is going to continue his hot streak because he's been he's been great. And I and the Bears obviously have a great run defense, but I mean they have given up big performances especially mm-hmm. when you look back at the Buccaneers Ronald Jones in week five had over 100 yards that was huge so I mean but the thing is primetime Kirk Cousins is not primetime Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football we know that yeah that He's is choked true a what lot is he like 0-8 or 0-9 now it's gonna definitely come down to if the Bears can shut down Dalvin Cook and Khalil Mack can kind of step up but if not then Dalvin Cook's gonna have a basically a field day with this defense because they're they're Chicago is on the cusp of being one of the better defenses in the league, but they haven't had that consistency yet mm-hmm. to basically kind of solidify themselves as that. So I feel like Minnesota, they're definitely going to be relying on Dalvin Cook. Uh, Kirk Cousins might have a couple sneaky passes that kind of surprise them. And I feel like that's also what's going to probably propel them to the W if uh, Kirk Cousins can somehow just like be a little bit uncharacteristic and have a day out there, get the first win on Monday Night Football. So. Uh, stats probably don't point to Minnesota being able to win this one. Oh, no. But, I mean, hey, Minnesota Miracle V2. So we'll v2. see what happens. <laughs> yes. I mean, I could. I, the Bears could obviously win this game. They're the favorite. They, they're, a better, they're a better football team. I wouldn't say right now because right now offensive line looks terrible. I don't know what they're going to do to solve that. If that's going to – I mean, Montgomery's mm-hmm. now hurt. I don't, I don't know who's starting for them, honestly, for this game. I, I, I've seen the guy in my head. I'll, I'll have to Google it here in a second. But, like, when you look at these games, I take a team like Tennessee, for example. They're not, they're not a fantastic offense. They're not a fantastic defense. They're a very solid, fundamentally sound football team. And, I, and you got a guy like Derrick Henry, who is like Dalvin Cook. End up doing very well enough... And even though they only scored 24 points, that Chicago offense only scored 17. And that's the reason that I made this pick is Chicago's offense without guys like David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen has not been the same. You got guys like Nick Foles, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky <laughs> leading that you mean offense. The best one, two, you mean the best one-two quarterback duo in the oh, whole league? Oh, no. Yeah, you, so can definitely, you can definitely tell that their offense is definitely lacking, and I feel like that's what's going to be the – I feel like the – the turning point, I feel like, um, because Vikings defense is all right. Vikings offense is just Dalvin Cook. And 
Bears, they have a good defense. I feel like that's what's been mainly keeping them in game so far, but their offense is just so just so bad. Uh-huh. It, and I just, just I personally don't trust them. And I mean, I can see this game. This game there's one thing that's almost given, no blowout in this game. It's going to be within a score closer. It has to be. So it will be very interested to see. And obviously it has Soldier Field and Chicago does have success again at Soldier Field. So it's kinda their home. So we'll see how that happens. Check it out on Monday Night Football tonight. Gonna be fun. But um moving on now into some golf. PGA Masters tournament is officially in the books and Bryson DeChambeau did Played not like garbage. Did not win over the weekend. Not like everybody said. Probably everybody went to Vegas on it. He didn't play good. No, he he played bad. He, I could tell it was going to be a rough one when the first round, uh, basically every single golf account on Instagram posted, like, we've all been there, Bryson, and it's like eight guys in, like, basically knee-deep rough that are trying to find his ball for him, and it's like... That you could tell that that was just a bad omen, especially when that's the first round and like not even halfway, not even off the off the nine that you started on. That's just like it. That's just not good. Yeah. Uh, another kind of spot where it was kind of disappointing. John Rahm tied seventh. He didn't play super well. I mean, he did all right, but he didn't play as well as a lot of people thought he did or he was going to. Um, which is kind of disappointing because I, I was hoping that he was going to play pretty well. But John Rahm usually when he's predicted to do well, he doesn't do. Yeah. Super great. When he shot up the, the the betting charts as far as odds are concerned, when he over overlapped over just jumped over Bryson DeChambeau out of nowhere, it seemed like. I mean, it must that trick shot might have had something to do with it. Dude Perfect <laughs> might have put in a little bit of yeah, good maybe. word for him. But um no, they, they they wouldn't do something like that. But I mean I mean that was pretty sweet though. Seeing that trick shot though, like they they obviously were really happy about it because they love they partnered with John Rahm and there they really had a good time with that. But I mean he he wasn't terrible. There were some shots he made that were pretty poor. I mean he had I believe I can't remember the hole off the top of my head. He was he had a second shot going for about a I think it was 180 170 yards going up or no 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 it was 200 and like some yard he was hitting a wood i know that for yeah. sure in the fairway and it's just a simple i would um, i wouldn't say a riser shot he's playing a normal wood shot and pretty much a straight line shot towards the green and he just literally hooks it right into the woods there was and it was only went about two that was a big whiff not a, not, a whiff. not a big whiff a, a definite big oopsie. miss yes big oopsie big oops so those type of things happen a couple times he had a couple miss putts and those shots right there, you take those out of bounds strokes. Now he's up in the 15s, 15 under category, fighting for second. Mm-hmm. That's just really what kept him out of it. I mean, Kepka, yeah. Kepka had a pretty solid. He just didn't have that big round. I think is one no. thing because I mean he had 70, 69, 69, 70. Those those are great rounds, especially at a Masters. But when you're competing a guy like the winner, Dustin Johnson at 20 under par, dropping two 65s. That's the difference right there, because he had 70s and 68s, like Kepka had. The clo- but yeah. when he got those two big rounds, those are what get you in the tournament and give you five strokes for the win. Yeah, the closest to Dustin Johnson was five five strokes behind, which was Smith, and Thomas. Justin Thomas played pretty well. I was kind of hoping he was going to win, because he is one of my favorite golf. He is one of my favorites, but uh, a guy who is not, nice to see on the top of leaderboard was Roy McIlroy, mm-hmm. who hasn't been having a super great year, but he kind of turned it on for the Masters. 
Um, kind of going down the leaderboard, Patrick Reed was tied for 10th. He didn't play as good. Uh, Xander Schaufel, minus 7. He was one of the favorites for the... Mm -hmm. He was my pick. My dark um, horse. Didn't, didn't play as well as he could have done. Uh, nah. But, you know, I playing the Masters, it's one of the biggest stages. And, you know, some guys crack under pressure and some guys... You know, pressure either bursts pipes or makes diamonds. That's what I always say. Exactly. Uh, Cameron Champ, minus 6. Um... Uh, Patrick Cantlay, minus seven. He did pretty well. Tiger Woods, though, he was tied 36 hey, uh, oh. at minus one. Or tied 38, excuse me, at minus one. He got to the Sunday red. But the, bi the big question is, Brandon, like, is it time for Tiger Woods to kind of look more forwards to the to the Champions Tour? Is it kind of now where he's going to have to kind of slow down? He's not He's not putting up the minus 20 numbers. We thought he was going to be back after last year, but this year he's kind of been slowing down a little bit. He didn't make the cut for some spots, but you know it's sad to see, especially since Tiger Woods was so dominant when we were growing up. But now that he's getting older, is it time for him to kind of slow down and look for different options on the tour? Uh, is Tiger's Tiger? He's still. I mean, I think if you would consider last, if last year at the Masters he finished around the same in the forties, thirties, not finishing in the low under par range. We'd be considering that right now for sure. because. Yeah. But the thing that keeps him around is Tiger's always Tiger, and the greats he always finds, find he a finds day. to get a win. The greats always find a way, and I think that'll keep him at least on there for a while. But I think if he starts getting... I mean, we pray this doesn't happen, obviously. Like, if he ends up getting injured again or whatever it is. Because, I mean, he is getting old. He's been playing this game for a long, long time. So it's, it's a situation where you will consider what the benefits are going forward. And I think that's something that Tiger really needs to discuss internally and with the people around him. I think I don't I don't I'm not there yet, but I do think that it's something that we probably might see in the future, but it, I'm not there yet, but I think it is a thing that we must consider going forward. Yeah, but. maybe in, maybe in the next couple of years, but you know, I just put it out there just because he is slowing down and minus 1 we usually see a little bit better performance, but like I said, seeing the Sunday Red was so refreshing at the It Masters. was good. It's good to see him back there. I mean, some other guys didn't do so hot. Jordan Spieth kind of continued his struggles on the year. Mickelson dropped one uh, 79 in round three. Ouch. So that was Not kind great. of a... That's 79 kind of, when that's like, I haven't even shot under 80 ever in my life before. Yeah, that's a, that was probably his... That's probably like one of his worst rounds ever. And we're not even... <laughs> that's sad. We're, we should move on from that. But, I mean, there's other guys that didn't play good enough. I mean, Matt Wolf didn't make the cut. Jason Day didn't make the cut. I mean, there was a lot of guys that we expected up there. They just didn't play well in the first couple of rounds. Jason Day shot a 78. Max Homa, too. Didn't yeah. even miss the cut. Matthew Wolf shot a 77. Those guys have played great all year, and they just... It just wasn't their day. Matt Kuchar as well. Those guys just, like... It's the worst for them because you know this is the day that you don't want stuff like that to happen. But, I mean, with the circumstances, obviously things are changing. And it's it's just a shame that a lot of these guys are... They played some great golf up to now. And, I mean, even looking at, like, Colin Morikawa, I mean, the dude was playing much better than going to be shooting an even at the Masters. He was shooting way better than that. I mean, he shot a pair of 70s and 74s. He's not a guy that we were accustomed to going into this tournament saying oh yeah he's gonna finish pretty much at the bottom of the the final round list and it's like what that no he's been playing too good for that but it's mm -hmm. reality tournament's a tournament look where Sham DeChambeau went and he was undisputed 
Butte had going to be running away with this thing, according to the analysts, and look yeah. where he finished. Didn't play 34th. Super, yeah, did not play super great. A guy who did play pretty great was Bernard Langer, 63 years old. He made the cut. Made history, too, as the oldest oldest player to make the cut uh, in Masters history. Little fu- better than DeChambeau. Little, little fun fact. Uh, I forget the guy who, uh, the name of the guy who he played with, um, but his first Masters, or his first uh, uh, Open, he played against a guy who was born in 1902 in 76, and he's played this year with a guy who was born in 2002, I think, in another Open. So he's played against opponents who are 100 years apart, that's insane. And just to be, I mean, to be that efficient and that good at 63 years old, you can definitely tell. He's he's not he's not done yet. That's crazy, right? Was that a double fact of the day? I mean, I mean, it was kind of just a little <laughs> tidbit fun fact. Yeah, we're going to keep it. Put in the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. But um, that great, great weekend of golf. Having college game day there as well. I mean, we're not going to talk about Michigan today because too much frustration in that department. So Wednesday. We'll, re- get, we'll, re- we'll regroup for Wednesday and do that. So, But moving on now, kind of into the, the, the last topic of the show. We got... We're going to go more into this on Wednesday, obviously, because that is the NBA draft coming up, and that's for sure going to yeah. be on the minds of just everybody. Wanted to, yeah, just wanted to preview it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about some things going on, and there is a lot of news coming around as the, the official um, management opening, basically, moves can start being made. The, the period will be over at noon today. So there's even a lot of trades that have already been in the mix. I mean, one of the biggest ones, I think, so far um, is Dennis Schroeder is likely going to be going to the Los Angeles Lakers for Danny Green, and I believe it was a really? s- um, a second or first round pick. I'll have to check the details on that. But the Lakers are likely also moving on from Rajon Rondo as he's declined his option. So that is something that is going to be... I think it's something that you're going to be watching moving forward. Obviously, you're not going to be like, oh, well, Rondo, not, he wasn't a big part of the team. And I think the one thing is he, he does, with now Dennis Schroeder being in talks there, I'm sure they talked about it with him and they were like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to play. Let me go somewhere where people can use my skill set mm-hmm. and talent more than... And that was completely understandable. And I, I think that's something that would be would be obviously cons- obviously would have been considered but the, the front office as they most likely will, will make the move but um, the big thing about this is um, trading for sending Danny Green to the Thunder, likely in this move, there's a lot of rumors going around that he's not going to play with the Thunder. So now you're talking about a double move coming. And I mean, if you're... What? What are what are we gonna what are they gonna do now? Is really I think a big question is that there's a, that's what a lot of the rumors are saying. For is the Thunder is he's not gonna play for the Thunder. He's gonna be he's he was acquired in the trade to get an asset. So now who are they gonna be going after? Is the real question? Because I mean, are they now? Does this mean they're in full rebuild? Especially if Chris Paul is gone. I think you just have to because if Danny Green, who I mean, he's not a franchise player, but at least he's a big name player to maybe fill the seats. If he's not going to be there, you really have to kind of evaluate quickly for the draft Wednesday because if you're not going to have that guy to basically kind of take over, and especially Dennis Schroeder, right? Plays for he is did play for the Thunder, right? Who? Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. when you kind of have those guys who are kind of your base and were able to. 
not take over the game by any means, but we're able to do well enough to kind of give the team some spark. When you not don't have those, you got to really look at, all right, we need to find somebody in the draft who can be that guy to kind of take over. you got to find a John Morant or a Zion Williamson in the draft. I don't think there is those kind of guys who have that skill set in the draft this year. But give them maybe a year or two, and they'll be able to find it. But yeah, you definitely got to go into rebuild mode now, especially mm-hmm. when you don't. When Danny Green, who uh, isn't super great, doesn't want to go there, eh, you got yeah. you got to figure out some quick. Yeah, and I think the big the big idea behind this trade is likely, obviously, this trade's not finalized. It can't be until noon, and we we kind of wish we could delay the show so we could. Drop some woes bombs on you guys, but obviously we can't do that. And we will certainly do that on Wednesday, especially with the draft coming up. That'll be a big NBA episode, so stay tuned for that. But looking at the trade, there's a lot of opportunities. It looks like for a third team going to join. So if the team out there, like the 76ers that need a wing guard to complete the team, they might be in there too. So we will see. And even there's even rumors he'd consider going back to Toronto with Siakam and Lowry. I mean, that could honestly, that could basically put Toronto back onto the championship. Yeah, talks I mean, because last year they still did well, even when Danny Green left when Kawhi. We were saying they were going to fall off, but they kind of showed everyone that they were. I mean, the real deal. Fred VanVleet showed that he was an elite player, and Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam played really well. But uh, another big thing, uh, or another big piece of news out of free agency, Brandon. Anthony Davis opted out of his final year of his contract with the Lakers. So does that mean he wants more money, or does that mean he wants out? He's going to Detroit. No, I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> could you going- imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> if we got Anthony Davis? I, I, he I would hate that. I don't know it. Too, it's going to be too much. It's going to just. It's going to be. He's not going to like it there. If he's going to go anywhere in the the this general area, more speaking of the eastern, the the eastern central. Basically, yeah, that's already, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just checking to make sure. If he's going to go in the central division of the Eastern Conference, he's going to be going back to the Bulls because that's where he grew up and that's where his heart is. I think that's the only way he'd be coming back this year. I don't think he'd play for Detroit, but um, no, I think the, I can't see him leaving after winning a championship. I just, I just can't see it. So I think he's, I, 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 I feel like he, yeah, I feel like he just wants more money. Yeah, I think he wants more money and I, I think that it can be, it is a little fair. It's, I mean, the dude did come over and help you win a championship. Yeah, it's it's much deserved, I feel like, but you got to wonder where their salary cap is going to be because, you know, right. LeBron's on a max contract. Anthony Davis probably wants a max contract for a couple years, if not, like, a three-year deal for at least, like, he probably wants to make at least $10 million, $20 million a year. I don't know what his contract is right now, but you can definitely tell that he's going to ask for something where he's a – valued as his franchise player because you know I feel like he's in that he's in that caliber right now with LeBron James on that team and kind of in the Western Conference as one of the more uh, dominant players in the league so it's definitely going to be interesting I don't know why he'd ask for more money especially since they're probably just going to repeat again if they have the assets again because Danny Green really didn't do too much uh, for the team so they're not really losing a whole lot and they're gaining um, Dennis Schroeder so it's it's something where you just got to wonder what actually is going to go down, especially from the front office point of view, if they're going to want to shell out some big bucks to keep Anthony Davis on, which they probably will because LeBron uh, really gelled with him well this year. So I don't know. It's I feel like he's just going to be able to get the deal, and they're going to just kind of shell out how much money to keep him on because he was a big factor for their championship this year. Yeah, and um, I – yeah, I don't think he's leaving. I think that's going to be. I think that I don't want to say it's set in stone because obviously we we never know. There's always trades that 
are unexpected and we 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 don't see happening like until I mean look back at the Paul George trade. Did anybody talk about yeah, Kawhi's only going to go if Paul George is with him. We were like, oh no, he's just going to he's gonna pick where he wants to go and he's just putting it off because he wants to make more time. But in reality, it was they were trying to make a trade to send Paul George over there so that they, he could even have confirmed so that he could go uh-huh. there and be happy. So that And Paul George might not be staying. There, There's rumors going around that he might go back to OKC for a trade for chris paul or whatever so that's something that we'll be definitely monitoring over and there's a couple others that are huge and i know i don't think there's one bigger than james harden right now going out and saying that he's likely considering moving from houston and one of the places that is big and i think the crazy part about it is where he's likely wanting to go at the top of his list and that's the brooklyn nets with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Can you imagine? And the one that thing big I want that would be crazy. The one thing I am concerned about, we saw it in Houston with Russ. There's only one ball. Could they could they How's share the ball Because Kyrie, obviously we've seen for some reason Kyrie is just with his if you see on Instagram, he's just a crazy guy now. But <laughs> um I don't know if he'll be able to share the ball, especially James Harden, because now James Harden is like a big guy in the league. He wants the ball. He wants to basically just be the main guy. And, I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously, you're going to have struggles with them two sharing the ball because now they're both going to be – I mean, especially with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they're both they're already – I feel like it's going to be another Kevin Durant – or not Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden-Russell situation where they're just not going to be able to share the ball t- as much and it's kind of going to be a little bit uh, disappointing with the results that they're going to get from this season. So I think if they add James Harden in the mix, it's just going to add another uh, ball hog that they're going to have to kind of share the ball around. I don't know if they're going to be able to be able to kind of take their slice of humble pie and kind of share the ball around a little bit because I know that Kyrie wanted to be the main guy in Boston, but they were kind of looking for Jason Tatum, and that's why he wanted out of there. And, I mean, Harden, he wants to be the main guy. So you can definitely tell that it's going to f- – it's going to come down, like I said, it's going to come down to if they can humble themselves and if they can basically be like, all right, I'm down to not score as many points and basically just get a ring because a lot of them want it. I mean, KD wants to make a name for himself after everyone said, okay, you're a snake, you're joining a reigning uh, title team just so you can get a ring. And James Harden hasn't won one yet. And Kyrie, I feel like, wants to prove himself to be just not LeBron's little brother. So I feel mm-hmm. like they want a championship, but I don't know if they'll be able to kind of work together if that does happen yeah i think i mean the thing that i can see is when you look at these guys now and obviously we can revert to the 2012 thunder when you have russ there with um kd and harden kd james harden serge baka that's a great team how did and the thing that i think a lot of people like they're saying oh well russ fit in there so why doesn't he fit in houston the reason is because those guys didn't have a true identity as the main mm-hmm. face. They were unselfish guys, and they worked together. And they, they were, were nobody that, on that team was the star. They weren't, yeah, they weren't there player. yet. They weren't at the point where they could, you know, barter and bargain for those multi hundred million dollar contracts or whatever. So now that they're at that point of being, I mean, two reigning, or at that point where Houston had two MVPs on the team, 
now they're just like, all right, I know what I can do, and I know that I can take over games, so give me the ball. But then James Harden's like, okay, I want the ball because I've already been the guy here. So if, like I said, if that happens in Brooklyn, it's definitely going to be who's going to be able to get the ball in prime time, who's going to be the leader of the team. And I feel like you're not going to be able to do that with three guys who are now kind of not arrogant, but kind of uh, – know what they can do and they want to do it for themselves yeah i think that's something we should watch and i do i i honestly think that it's kind of seems crazy to me or a little bit crazy for me to say this but i think harden would fit better with that those three than russell westbrook i think russell westbrook is a much more individualized player and i don't think that's necessarily i don't think it's his fault i mean when he was in okc it was him or nothing with that team going to the playoffs, his triple-double streak. There was nobody else on that team that was going to contribute big and that's numbers. Where and he, that's, where he, not, that's where he fits in well. There's the spotlight on him. It, yes, and that's that's how he's developed. And that's kind of why the Houston situation worked out because now you got the face of the franchise, James Harden, and then a much of individualized superstar in Russell Westbrook. Those two having two guys with one ball, that's really what it came down to, and that's why they didn't succeed in the playoffs. So I think I honestly do believe that if this would be this would probably be a saving job for the the organ or the management in New York if they can find a way to get Russell Westbrook in New York. I think that would be something that mm-hmm. will at least save you time as far as I don't find yeah finding. Finding the franchise player, I feel yeah, like that's what they got to do. It'll save your time from trying to, to pick down the road where you're going to go because we've seen them try that before in the draft and other things, and it's not working. And last year, they were completely banking on the fact that, um, RJ excuse Barrett. me, um, shoot, who were they going for last year? They were completely banking on guys like Clay were considering going. And oh, it's the New York Knicks? Yeah. No, they're trying to get uh, they're trying to get the Katie and um, Kyrie yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie, that was the situation. And I then get Zion, and then get Zion, but then yeah. New Orleans kind of came in out of nowhere and was like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that scenario. They were waiting for that to happen, and once they waited for it, they didn't get it. So I think they gotta they gotta chomp at the bit. And they, they gotta, gotta go make a it. move. Yeah, they gotta make a move this free agency. I think honestly, I think Russ could do it because he can go into a situation where they need results quick and they need a guy who just is gonna. Take the ball, get it in the hoop, doesn't matter what. And I feel like it's his best interest to go there. So that way Harden will probably stay in Houston. Cause I feel like that's one of the main reasons why he probably wants to leave is because he doesn't like this uh this kind of two MVP um system that they got going on. So I feel like that'll be a good spot for Russ to go to because I mean he can shine, he can do what he does best, and he can do it right away. So I feel like he'd get the reins and he'd get a lot more freedom there. Yeah, and it, it'll be really interesting to see. And um, some other moves, obviously, as we're kind of wrapping up the end of the show, um, Victor Oladipo is obviously going to be. He's going to probably not. I, I don't know. It's it's a mixed bag now because he's he was quote unquote saying on the floor he was asking other teams can I come play for you in the middle of the game when he was in Indiana and then he comes out and saying to the management I'm here I'm gonna be I want to be your guy stay. I want to be here in the city and it's like okay well that's kind of mixed messages so obviously I think they're gonna explore trades for that I mean there's a lot of teams that would look for a young superstar like um, Oladipo I mean yeah he was injured but that was his really his only big injury i think of as of now so but um zach levine is also a name out of chicago that a lot of people are looking at especially the dallas mavericks they want to 
that'd be a good pairing with Luca and um, uh, that's Porzingis. actually that's actually something that I would really like to see. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Zach Levine could fit in that situation. He could really fit in that well. situation. I think that's a great idea. Um, Eric Bledsoe is looking other ways. Um, obviously Houston would be certainly a suitor for a shooter. Why not? So they're they're kind of a front runner for him. The Lakers are looking. So Contavious Caldwell Pope is also opting out. He's looking in free agency, and then you have Rondo leaving. It's almost guaranteed that the Schroeder trade is going to come in, and now they're going to be looking at DeMar DeRozan to fill the spot of continuous call of Paul, which I that's, honestly could see as an upgrade. Oh, that's definitely an upgrade. And I feel like uh, DeRozan probably wants to get out of uh, the Spurs organization. I forget what, San Antonio. Um, but I feel like he just wants to get out of there because, I mean, they didn't do very well. I think that's like the first time that their organization didn't make the playoffs. They pulled the Red Wings. I feel like it was like, what, 20 straight years of playoffs and they didn't make it. And mm-hmm. now they're going to be in a rebuild period. Yep. Um. So it's kind of, now it's kind of going to be where DeRozan wants to probably get back to the top and get a ring probably. Because, I mean, his seat, his, he's, I feel like if he stays in a San, in San Antonio, he's going to be kind of a Vince Carter type where he's going to be an elite player, but he's going to just not have a ring and he's just going to be kind of tossed around in his later years. So I feel like this could be a really good spot for him if he goes to the Lakers because he could fit in pretty well um, and kind of do what DeRo- or Rajon Rondo did, which was kind of just come in, be an assist guy, pass around. But um, it's, it just seems like the Lakers, they always just have enough to just make a super team every year. Yeah, I think that should be interesting to look at. And I am I think there's other guys that will be moved. Um, there was a crazy trade idea going around on, a couple of days ago the idea of sending Draymond Green to Cleveland for um, Kevin Love, and obviously picks would go with them as well. That would be a kick to the mouth to Draymond. Oh I would my laugh goodness. so much. I don't like Draymond, so like I would laugh so hard. <laughs> you would be okay with that. Now, He'd I go think, from being carried to championships to now just being like a mediocre player in Cleveland. Yeah. I, I'm, it would be interesting to see how he fits as far as outside of the Warrior system because he fits perfectly in the Warrior system, but outside of that, be interesting to see yeah, it was so um there other ones gordon hayward has been taught he's he's talking about being traded every year so i think that's one's kind of i don't want to say he's like gonna be sure going anywhere but we've heard keep this on, every keep year, an so, eye on it keep yeah, an yeah. eye on it yeah so it'll be interesting um they the wesley matthews is gonna opt out in indiana so he would that was a one other name the lakers were looking at especially now that they were knowing caldwell pope and ronda were gonna leave so that was another guy they were considering but um, there is an article in here that says the Knicks are really interested in signing uh, or trading for Westbrook if the price is right. Of course, it's got to be with the price because that's the only re- the only thing they think about, and that's why they don't have any good players every year. So, um, Buddy Heald is looking at Dallas as a destination from Sacramento. I think everyone's looking at Dallas, and I think they should be. I think they're a good upcoming team that has a lot of talent, and then when you got all these older guys that are going to be moving on, they're going to be a hot a hot team, especially with the young talent they have. So that would be interesting. Um, I think another, I want to say, I don't want to say Giannis yet because we the, the rumors have really quieted down, the idea of him going to Miami. So, and I think Miami's looking at elsewhere. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I would I, like to see Giannis like Wesley, be a... Wesley Matthews is considering yeah. Miami. I would he would fit there. I would like to see Giannis stay in Milwaukee and kind of be a one one guy team, but that's so rare now just to see one guy stay on the same team for his whole career. So I would like to see him go to Miami too. So it's kind of 
uh, a win-win probably for him because he, he either gets to basically be on a team who has a chance to win a ring in Miami or stay in Milwaukee and be a fan favorite and compete for a ring still. So it's kind of a situation where we just got to keep an eye on it for that. But um, I don't know. It's it's cool to see just how many, like, what's going on in free agency and teams who are players who you thought were satisfied being on the team, being like, no, I want to get out of here. I don't like the, the atmosphere. I don't like kind of the dynamic that this team has. So. I mean, especially kind of with James Harden and Russell Westbrook and stuff like that. Yeah, situations I, like that. It'll be really interesting, and we haven't even talked about draft trades going to be going on. We'll talk more about those on Wednesday, but there's going to be a ton of moves made. I think this might be the one of the busiest. I don't want to say the busiest off season we've ever had, but it's going to be one of the busiest, especially with the circumstances now um, going around how the league's going to be conducted and how the games are shorter and all those sort of things where longevity isn't necessarily a primary concern in this time. So it'll be really interesting to see. And there's a lot of names out there that can be moved. I mean, we talk about like where in the world that Giannis could go and Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. We're talking about these big names, James Harden. Like these guys are big names. And the fact is that they could get moved. Always going to be interesting. But that's going to wrap up the show today. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the MVSP. We'll be back on Wednesday. We will likely be trying to. So here's the deal, guys. We're really we have athletes lined up to come in for interviews, but obviously with the circumstances that are going down, we're trying to figure out a way to get these conducted and put on in a manner that is safe by guidelines and everything going on, especially now with this order being placed on or late or um, last night. So we do have athletes interviews, and I know you guys are waiting for them. We will be getting them. We promise. We just don't know when. So please hang bear in with there. us. Hang in there. Bear We're trying us. to figure it out. We're so. trying to figure it out. But until Wednesday, we'll see you later. Take care, everybody. Bye.